Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life, conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical and joyful. Today's show is about kinds of prayer or types of prayer, a conversation about how we can pray, all the different ways we can pray. There's, people seem to have an idea that there's usually one or two ways to pray. We want to talk about all the different ways that prayer can happen. And, you know, it's different things work for different people in different circumstances and why why we enjoy certain types of prayer and what we've found to be helpful. Maybe you'll find out something new and maybe you'll have something to add. I'm your host, Peter Holmes, and today I'm joined by Ryan Galliott, co-host. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Thank you. And Ben and Beth, our resident guests at the moment. <laughs> hey, Pete, how are you? <laughs> Thanks for having us, Pete. Very much a pleasure. Um, before we get started, just a reminder that if you like the show, you should subscribe. Today's show is about prayer. Now, I remember when I was growing up, um, I grew up in the Brethren Church. We had, they absolutely denounced liturgy. Liturgy was evil because it forced you into a particular kind of prayer. Liturgy uh, stifles the Holy Spirit and all these sorts of things that you hear <laughs> from various people. And of course, what was intriguing to me is that every Sunday, we always prayed the same things in the same order. Even though it was spontaneous, <laughs> we, we always prayed the same thing. Mm. And the same people said very similar things in very similar patterns. And I realized, mm. gosh, this sounds awfully like, you know, a liturgy, but we just haven't written it down because you didn't want to write it down because then it became a liturgy and then it was evil. Arose by any other name. Yes. And, and even <laughs> I noticed this. I mean, I went from there to the Pentecostal church and they had this very, very free form kind of, they called it free form kind of prayer except that they had to teach me how to pray in their church. And even when I was so-called led by the Spirit, I was being taught how to do that within the patterns. And even their music was orchestrated to bring you to a certain peak at a certain prayer time. And this is where we pray spontaneously. That was that was my most fun <laughs> line. <laughs> Learning things of the character. Spontaneously at these times of the day spontaneously. in this particular way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, when Lutherans were very much into liturgy and I spent a lot of time arguing with Lutherans and eventually um, becoming a minister of the Lutheran Church, very passionate about liturgy. But different kinds of prayer have really struck me since I've become a Catholic. There's so many ways mm. to pray. Um, maybe I can throw it out to you guys and start, maybe Box, if you can hit me with some various ways that you've come across to pray. I'm going to hit you with something that's very personal to me, actually. Um, I came into... Faith uh, after high school, and uh, I was very much uh, as as everyone knows, I'm an artist. I was very much exploring my art style and starting to get into religious art. And as I did that, uh, I had priests and and some of my other friends start talking to me how it helped them understand it, them in their prayer lives, um, which then started me using that time that I was drawing. Uh, to reflect on Christ, to reflect on the relationships and the stories, um, to the point where now when I draw, it draws me into prayer. Right. And it's it's almost become, you know, a, a joint thing. A, Even a, when you're drawing Spider-Man? Drawing religious images. But, you know, <laughs> beauty can pop up anywhere and, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest uh, compliments I've ever had was that uh, – a couple of friends of mine asked to borrow one of my drawing books as they went off to um to pray in the church and they used it as a source to to draw from to to pray so um 
that's something that's it brings us to iconography, really. I mean, if you go in, I think I've already mm. told the story of the, the when I went to a Greek Orthodox and a Russian Orthodox church, um, I had a go at them for how many distractions there were on the walls. And they said, no, each one of these is a homily. Each one of these mm. teaches something. It, it proclaims something. And he said, each one is a prayer in that you, you an icon invoked, invokes you or invites you to prayer. Um, it, it asks you to contemplate mm. something of the, of the face of Christ in that saint. There was a there's a line of thought that says you know we are not creators as as artists I, I teach uh, art sometimes to individuals and I tell them it's it's such a gift to participate in creating and not destroying um, and there's a line of thought that says well we don't create anything it's already created we manipulate what's there to participate in the creation that's happening to bring out mm. beauty. Yeah, although God um, has created us to be co-creators. I mean, yeah, to be Genesis is all about us in being involved in as regents of and as as instruments of God's creation. Yeah. There's one one form of interpretation of Genesis that says the seventh day hasn't ended yet. It, it's in fact it's you mm. realize there's no end to no. the seventh day, which means we're in no. the sixth day still with God bringing in creation to its fulfillment. Well, isn't that the uh, we we've got a foot in the seventh. Yes, okay. yes. We're living in the sixth with a foot, foot in the seventh. Well, let's come back to prayer. Perhaps if we jump over to Ben and the ways of praying which have struck you as being interesting or helpful. Well, they're all kind of interesting, um, particularly when you're rediscovering them and finding out why people do certain types of things. The repetition of, of the Mass and the way we pray um, is actually quite helpful. Coming back, um, and I remember his father Louis was giving a homily once where he was talking about the repetition um, in church, and he pointed out, I think it was a, a quote from Fulton Sheen, that said, it doesn't matter how many times you say I love you, um, you still mean it each time. So yeah. there's repetition in everything we do, but that doesn't change the meaning behind it or why we do it. Yeah. You don't say to um, your wife 20 years into the marriage, I told you that on our first day. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I didn't I've, need to I've say it again. I told you it's what you've been saying about. Yeah. Um, so that understanding why we pray the way we pray has been, well, actually, I'm not going to claim that I understand it yet, but the journey to understanding why we pray the way we pray and why we, we do things the way we yeah. do has been a very interesting one for me. Yeah. Beth? Yeah. I, I, For me, public expressions of the faith have been the ones that have kind of kept me in the faith the most. So uh, liturgies. Um, I attend the Latin Mass as well as the Novo Sordo liturgy um, and recently have started going to the um, Ukrainian Divine Liturgy as well. And the mix of all three, I mean, they all bring such different, I guess, flavors of Catholicism to the fore. Uh, the Ukrainians is all is all just a massive supplication for mercy. It's like, God, I'm a sinner, um, but I'm humble before you, and I just want mercy. And that's basically mm. all it is for about an hour. It's just a lot of Lord have mercy, so a lot of beating a breast and so forth. The Latin master is a lot more, you know, the intensity is in its silence um, and in its application of of different um, elements like, you know, the incense and music and art to kind of get all of your senses incorporated in prayer. And then the Novus Ordo is more kind of, I guess, humble in the, in the same way that the Ukrainian liturgy is um, a kind of 
humble supplication before God. They would just bring such different. It depends which novus order you go life. to, though, Beth. Um, the, oh, yeah, definitely. the one I tend attend has uh, got the bells and smells there, and and quite uh, and a lot of Latin chant, as Vatican II actually tells us we should. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, the preaching and everything else is in La- in English. But the um, you raised an interesting point there that um, prayer. It's interesting you talked about incense as a supplement to prayer, but incense is a prayer. Like the scriptures talk about incense mm. as a prayer rising to God, a sweet-smelling sacrifice oh, rising to the sure. Lord. And when we light a candle, for example, we're creating a physical prayer. Like if we light a candle in church, we're creating a physical prayer. Um, while we do, of course, utter the prayer, um, the candle is a is a, like a physical prayer which goes on and continues to to offer up that that testimony to God. If we kneel, that it's a physical kind of supplication. You know, if you if I want to ask my wife for something, I can do it with my words, or I might do it with a gesture, or with a you kneel with down a, to ask, or a look, or I might yeah. you know begging <laughs> for forgiveness or something like that. Please, please. Usually, usually, if the snack has gone from the cupboard, but the um the, the kind of thing we're talking about. But I mean, offerings, liturgy. I mean, when we're talking about liturgy here, we're talking about sort of formalized prayer, and people often discount that as if it's not personal because it's not ours, but it's a language of love. Prayer is a language of love. If we're talking to our beloved, uh, the God who we love, and he's talking back to us, first first thing we need to look at is most, I mean, anyone who's been in a relationship longer than a week knows most communication is is a ritual. It's like, you know, every morning I yes. say the same thing to my wife, and if I don't say it, she gets a little edgy with me. What's going on? You know, <laughs> what have I done today? Kind of thing. We say the same thing. You know, if you if you're coming up to certain times of the day, is it time for three o'clock coffee? You know, and then you go through the ritual of it, and it's very important to do the ritual. Um, and the ritual itself has significance. When I was a minister talking to people after they'd lost their um, spouse, almost never did they mention a one-off event when they were reminiscing about their spouse, they would almost always recount the habitual love that they received. They'd say, he always said this, or she always did that. And it it was always the habits of love which stuck in their mind and became real for them. And in a sense, when we pray, habits are simply just creating habits of loving God. However, in in marriage, of course, there is spontaneity and there's room for it, particularly when something big or new happens. Um, I found that my prayer life completely changed when I had a quite a serious um, uh, thing with my son being nearly dead for two years, as in he, he constantly nearly died every week for about two years. I, my whole life changed and my whole prayer life changed because there was an intense need right there. And at the time, I found it very difficult to pray with my own words because I was angry and hurt and scared mm. and frustrated. And I needed someone else's words so badly. In fact, most of the time I needed other people to pray for me because I couldn't couldn't break out myself. And in a sense, those um, going to Mass or, or the Psalms that we pray in the office are about that, that they draw us into that. Have you guys had a, a, a something that's happened like in your life, a change which you've noticed a change in your prayer life, like a really big change? Yeah, I mean, um, when I first really decided to take on my faith. Uh, you know, I'd been practicing for a little while, but when I decided to become a missionary, uh, I realized if I was going to go out there and really advocate 
for for my faith. I had to live what I was going to be sharing, and one of those was uh, forgiveness. And it took a couple of months off and just went through my whole life forgiving everyone that I remember had wronged me, um, including, you know, my father left me before I was born, all those things, just forgiving. And when I came back into prayer after that, I remember feeling so much more intimately connected with acts of love and, and service hmm. because I understood how forgiveness was a, was a, a, a part of that. And I understood that, um, that closeness that the Lord, I felt, had in my life. Right. You know, to, that he, I felt he empowered me to, to forgive. Yeah, well, forgiving people, to do so. forgiving people who wronged us is exactly Jesus' example. Yeah. Mm. Beth, perhaps we'll go to you next. Oh, wow. Nothing quite as profound as Ryan. Um, what actually sparked it for me was a little guilt tripping from a, from a podcaster, actually, an American podcaster. Probably <laughs> Phew, not the answer the you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, he used to end his podcasts and he would just go, if you're not praying every day, if you're not praying rosary every day, you're not on the team. You're not on the spiritual team. And like the little FOMO part of my heart was like, I want to be on the team. <laughs> Why aren't I on the team? And I kind of like, it was so funny, but it was kind of just um, the little guilt trip I needed to be like, okay, no, you know, uh, we are Catholic and that means, you know, we are part of the mystical body of Christ. Um, and if one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. Um, and I don't want the body to suffer on account of me, you know. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of like was guilt tripped into prayer. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like to hope and think that it's blossomed to become more authentic. Um, after that, well, almost but, all uh, of us yeah. start for the for limited reasons, shall we say? Um, we just don't fully. Our, none of our motives are pure, totally pure. So yeah, we should never be ashamed of starting for a slightly human reason. Ben, other than the fact that it started at all, I can't really think of a, a time that my prayer life has. Has That's gone through a big jump, though, change. isn't it? From nothing it was, to something. Well, it's been a very gradual one. Um, so I'm not going to claim now that my prayer life is where it should be, um, but it's been a very gradual process. And there are some people, particularly in the office where I work, that who have been very helpful with that, um, who want to want to help and um, have given me books on prayer and you know, learning how to pray and stuff. And, and when I first got them, I remember thinking, I don't need to learn how to pray. I know how to pray. Uh, you know, I, I may not have been practicing for a while, but I've been Catholic since birth, but um, <laughs> I was wrong. Um, so, there, but yeah, the, the people who have, it's been really interesting to see that they want to make an effort to help me get there. Um, and they have not been disheartened by the the slow progress at all, which has been lovely. Um, actually, I'm going to shout out real quick to Helen Wagner from um, from the Archdiocese, who every morning at 8.30 when she heads in to, to pray with some people from the office, she stops by my desk and asks me if I want to join or if there's any intentions. Um, and it doesn't matter how many times I said no, she would keep asking, so... Persistence. Yep. Isn't it interesting um, that people very- people leading us is is the strongest way, isn't it? I mean, Absolutely. Bishop Umber yeah. said this <laughs> in, a couple of episodes ago. He said, 
we're really bad at wanting to exercise, but if you're going to meet a friend to exercise, you generally speaking make an effort. I've found that even when my worst moments, when I really can't utter a prayer myself, my kids say, Dad, it's time for prayers. And, you know, the fact that we have to show up at certain things, you know, we, we and our community draws us back into prayer, but someone in particular put in the invitation. It wouldn't work, it would have worked as well with you, Ben, I suspect, if Helen turned up and said, you, you've got to pray, otherwise you're a scumbag and you're not even a real Christian. Well, <laughs> Helen might say something similar jokingly, but um, no, they would never. <laughs> they would, no, Helen and, and some other people in the office were never, never disheartened, never put down if I said no. And I did say this, particularly early on, I did say no a lot because um, I right. wasn't. I wasn't there yet. I wasn't overly comfortable. I didn't. Yeah. So I, I'd say, thank you, no. And they say, okay. And then sure enough, the next morning at 8.30, Ben, do you want to come join us for prayers or something? Um, but what helps <laughs> as well is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm shouting out someone else, Steve Bahaja. I remember a few weeks ago, not long before Christmas, I said yes for the first time in a long time. I said, yeah, I'll come with you and, and I'll join. And he made such a big deal about it. Like he was so happy. He was so, he would say, Oh, Ben's here, everyone. Like, Ben's come to pray. Like, yeah, we're in the middle of the praying. So I want to thank you for bringing our brother Ben into. And it sounds, it's sort of a laugh and it sounds kind of funny. But at the same time, it's, you can tell he was genuine in that, that it actually meant something to him. He was genuinely happy I was there. Um, and that helps as well. When people on the outside know that they are, it's not just a formality that you're being invited, they genuinely want you to come. Um, yeah, it's yeah. As I said, it's a gradual thing, but it helps so much. Yeah, I I want to say um, this is a particular beef of mine. The guilt trip thing, Beth, um, might work as a little bit of motivation, but I'm dead against it as a method. The whole um, I'm really tired of someone throwing a novena at me and say you have to pray this. It's infallible. Go away. Prayers aren't infallible. God is. <laughs> oh, <for laughs> and if, if you pray this, yeah. you'll definitely your prayers will come true. No, that's not how it works. Because <laughs> otherwise, even the way Christ taught us to pray, it's simple. Yes, like you can't beat an Our Father. You just can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, no amount of fifty-four day novenas are gonna. Oh, well, I don't know. They're pretty important as well. But um, you know, he didn't advocate yeah. for you know specifics in the way that. That certain people may do now. Yeah, it's just—it's humble. It's short. It's real. Gets to the point. You know, but the, you're our father. Steve's, he trusts to be. Steve's like. reaction to Ben is genuine because he's just—he's just happy his brother is praying. It's—it's it's like saying, "I'm mm. glad you love your wife. That's great. Go and go and have a date with her." Kind of thing. You know, you want you want their relationship with God to flourish. You don't need it to like. If I'm help, trying to help a friend out in their marriage, I don't absolutely have to get them to buy lilies or something like that. You know, to do whatever they want whatever I want, sorry, they should flourish in the way they are built to flourish. Sorry, Ben. No, I think I think you're right. And like it, it, there was nothing in it for Steve and for Helen when oh, they yeah, invited yeah. to pray. You know, and, and I know that there was nothing they weren't get any getting anything from me coming along. They weren't um some pushy podcast host telling me to pray or something. Like there there was those things can be good, but there, there was nothing for them. There was right. nothing there for them to gain um, materially from me 
joining them in the room. They're spiritually, there probably is, and it would but be nice for them that and they often wouldn't. But- that's pretty rare, though, Ben. When people offer advice, they almost always seem like they're going to be offended if you don't take it, right? Yeah, it, it does. But And that was never there, and that is such a good thing that we need to be sharing. It was never- Yeah. Um, never pushy they never wanted anything they were never insulted yep. that i said no they were never yeah but when i said yes they yeah. were very clearly genuinely happy um, we, which we should very be pushing amazing. people to whatever base where we, we think we're up to ourselves like i noticed that on another facebook group i'm on not when i supervised but a bunch of new people came in and there were one or two that said i'm really new to this how do i get started what are the first tentative steps and immediately they were pounced upon by about 10 people saying, you've got to go to the Latin mass. What's the nearest one to you? And you go, yeah, look, I really like the idea of the Latin mass and I'm, it's beautiful, but just ease up a bit. This not, might not be the one-stop solution for everybody. Um, you, you might, there's a whole bunch of steps on the way. People come to God via all kinds of different things and often um, it's the prayer that's most suitable. I guess what I'm trying to say, I mean, I think I've told the story before in the podcast when I was at a hospital and I tried to work with people and I had all these pious prayers about illness and everything and it really just didn't work until I had found some prayers which were very angry or hurt or calling out to God. And they were Psalms. It was Psalm 13, just where are you, God? What the heck's going on? And that was what they needed at that time. Maybe if we've got a friend who doesn't pray because we haven't, given them enough variety of choices yet to find the one that actually works for where they're at right now uh, rather than the one we would like them to have but you know the invitation the gentle one doesn't hurt there's a tendency not just in faith but in everything that um when we have something we desperately want someone else to have it same with tv shows i've watched this show it's great you have to watch it okay i'll get to it when i can it's like, no no you have to watch it and then it, it yep. doesn't doesn't do anything with with prayer, we want people to be where we are because we yeah. like where we are. Um, and, and but we forget that we didn't start there. We went through mm. even cradle Catholics. We went through that period of of getting there. Um, yep. And part of that journey is good. Like that journey needs to be experienced. Um, yeah. You can't skip to the end of something, and, and especially not skip to the end and expect it to stick. You need to yeah. go through the process of building to it. There are no shortcuts. Exactly yeah. right. You can't but can't just go to one the thing I would push to. What <laughs> one thing I would push to is try we should start. As so I think you've made this point earlier, Ben and Beth too. You should start somewhere. Just start something. Mm-hmm. And and habits are easier once you've got them. Um so get a habit. Like start a habit and, and get into a habit of certain times a day. I have the Universalis app on my phone and it, it buzzes me morning, noon and night, as in it has the morning, evening and midday prayer on it. And it's literally two or three minutes and it, it flashes up a notification. I hit it, say the prayer, and it's it's just so easy to do these days with those phones. Um, and when we don't have those giant bells of the church going off, uh, we can use our phones to ring a bell for us. That's it for this week's podcast. If today's discussion got you thinking and hopefully praying with us on your podcast device let us know um check us out on instagram twitter facebook or discord if you think there's a form of prayer we should have spoken about and didn't um write us a review on itunes but remember this is a uniquely australian catholic podcast we think that's an idea worth getting behind so tell your friends we'll be back next week but that's all for now thank you for listening to this catholic life <laughs>